Hello, this is Boggle Docs, the podcast that equips you to be prepared for patients consulting about current sizzling media issues. I'm Dr Nick Kendrew, a GP with a keen interest in how medicine is covered in the media and how we can use that to make both our patients and our own lives easier. Stay tuned as we discuss child bereavement. How do we talk to children and young people when a parent or loved one has died? How do we find the words to help them to process what's happened and continue to grow as a person in the future? This is what's coming up. Sometimes it might be that we want to take a little bit of time to think about how we're going to answer that question. Because again, young children will ask us those difficult questions in the middle of the supermarket um, rather than, you know, at, at a time when we can sit and have those conversations. So it really is about encouraging those conversations about acknowledging a death and encouraging those conversations whenever they arise, encouraging questions and promising that we will give honest and truthful answers. And that's why in this film, there's a character called the Truth Pixie. Yes. Who can't lie and can only tell the truth. And it's such a gift of a character from exactly what you were saying. Um, And and one thing that the Truth Pixie says is, the only thing in life that's simple and clear is the truth. Yes. But it can be painful. Indeed. That's that's so true. And she is an absolutely fantastic character. Boggle dogs. Boggle dogs. We'll be talking about the importance of the truth, encouraging them to ask questions and brave conversations. But for now, let's start things off in the usual way with a smile. This was the week that the news outlets were reporting how a healthcare professional in Italy who wanted a COVID vaccination certificate without actually getting the jab turned up to the vaccination centre with a fake arm, hoping that nobody would notice. However, surprise, surprise, the nurse giving the vaccine was not fooled and she later said that the skin was rubbery and cold. (laughs) The man was reported to the police for fraud. The vaccine is mandatory for all health workers in Italy. And this is Boggle Dogs. Hello and welcome to your happy place, where that feeling that you get when you get a morning to yourself for a bit of rest, relaxation and self-care. What a lovely thought that is. Not a rubber arm in sight. We're here to keep you going during these difficult times as we take a more human approach to the medical world and learn something along the way. Boggle Docs is the podcast for GPs and allied healthcare professionals that's accessible to everyone. It takes the pulse of the nation by looking at medicine in the media and uses that information as a springboard to help you to target your CPD. And all of this is aimed at giving us the heads up so that we might have an inkling of what might be on our patients' problem lists so that we know what we need to know. Please follow and rate this podcast because that's really important for all the algorithms in the world of podcasting. Boggle Dogs with Dr. Nick Kendrew. And this week I'm joined by Claire Bullen, who is the Head of Clinical Services at Child Bereavement UK. Hi Claire, how are you doing? Good morning, I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm kind of trying to get geared up for Christmas, but um, but um, struggling slightly, as in I've done nothing. How about you? <laughs> yeah, same here, really. Uh, busy, very, very busy. 
Um, so yeah. yeah, finding it hard to believe that we are speeding very quickly towards Christmas. Exactly. Somebody on the radio this morning was saying, oh, I can't wait for it to be Christmas Eve. And I was thinking, no, wait, I need some time. <laughs> Definitely. It's always a surprise, I think. December always sort of sneaks up on us. It does. And um, yeah, I, I'm normally driven by the panic of, of Christmas shopping just to get it all done in the last minute. So <laughs> fingers crossed um, it will be slightly more organised. I've got a little bit of time, so it's all good. And have you have you done any shopping at all yet? I had um, a bit of a blitz, an, an internet blitz um at the weekend. So I'm waiting to to try and remember what I've ordered and then I'll know what else I need to order. (laughs) Okay. So it'll be a nice surprise when it comes through. (laughs) Excellent. So Claire, we are asking people at the moment, because you know, it's it's a difficult time for everyone. Um, How, have have you got any life hacks to get them through the day at the moment? I have. During a a training session some years ago, um, a colleague, uh, we had to write little notes for each of our colleagues, sort of supportive little notes. And and I got one passed to me and it just said, you've got this. Um, And I keep it in the back of my phone. Um, and it's just always there. It's just always a reminder that even on those difficult days when things feel overwhelming or I'm having a, a crisis of confidence, um, then I've, I've got this and that's OK. Oh, that's that's so lovely. And also it's kind of a reminder that, that someone's got your back as yes. well, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I've got something that I keep in my wallet all the time that somebody and I to this day, I don't know who it was. So thank you, whoever did this. Um, but when I was having a tough time, they put something on my desk. Um, which was, it was just a lovely kind of card that was a really nice thing to say. And and I keep it in my wallet um, just as a reminder every now and again, you pick it out. You know, when you're going through your cards and stuff yeah. and you're wondering, oh, I remember that. And it's a nice thing to yeah. have. So it's lovely to know that someone's thinking of you and has got your back when you're having a tough Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Well, really important. Now, if we were watching a performance of the musical of your life, what song would be being sung at the moment? I, th- I found this a really hard one to think <laughs> about. Um, I think it would just be something, a feel, something that made you feel good. So it would mm-hmm. probably be something like uh, Paolo Natini's New Shoes. You know, that sense that cool. nice. no matter what's going on around you, in that moment, you could just put everything to one side and just feel okay. And, oh. and maybe because it's party season as well and, uh, you know, yes. getting ready for Christmas has, has just made me think about that one. Brilliant. Or perhaps it's no party season, maybe. Is that what it is at the moment? Well, we're not <laughs> sure, are we? <laughs> yes, there was no party, apparently. So, anyway, um, moving on. So so today we're going to be talking about the, the brand new movie that's in cinemas, it's on Sky, in some territories in the world, it's on Netflix. And this is the, the screen adaptation of the Matt Haig book, A Boy Called Christmas. And the reason why Claire is here to talk about it is because there are themes within the film and within the book which deal with child bereavement. So very kindly, Claire has come on to talk about it. So Claire, we'll talk about the movie a bit later yeah. on, but I wonder if you wouldn't mind if I asked you how you came to, to work with Child Bereavement UK. Of course, yeah. I actually come from a, a teaching background and 10 maybe years ago, um, my children who were 11 and 13 at the time, and their dad died very suddenly and unexpectedly. Oh. Um, and I was at a real loss as a parent uh, what to do about that. 
and was really quite shocked to find that not many other people knew what to do about it either. It was a subject that people avoided talking about. School were unsure what to do about it. And in desperation, I, I did lots of research. I did manage to find a very small charity in our local area in Wigan, which sadly isn't around anymore. But what it meant was that I found out about Child Bereavement UK and they weren't in our area at the time, but shortly afterwards set up over in, in Runcorn in, in Holton in the northwest of, the, of, of England. And so I was able to go to a webinar held by our CEO, Anne Chalmers, and it really was one of those sort of goose pimply moments when mm -hmm. listening to her, everything sort of started to make a little bit of sense and I could see the importance of and the need for children to be able to access bereavement support. And I went on to train with them and then slowly over time um, left the teaching profession and became a bereavement support practitioner and then went on to continue different roles within the organisation. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. So, I mean, and how, how long have you been with them for? Um, I think it's about seven years now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's lovely to hear when you talk, you talk so passionately about it. And so it's lovely to, to see where you came from, if that makes sense, to, to, to get where you are. Yeah. So, so thank you so much for being with us today. No, thanks um, for And invite. as I said, oh, it's a pleasure. Um, and, and as I said, we're going to be talking about A Boy Called Christmas a little bit later on. Um, but first of all, let's have a look at this week in the news headlines. On Spotify, on Apple and on Google Podcasts, on your favourite app and on your smart speaker, this is Boggle Dogs. And we start with the mirror. Hair loss causes two common reasons your hair is thinning and how to fix it. It says there are several reasons for hair loss from genetics to dietary deficiencies during winters hair thinning can become particularly bad here's how you can get thicker hair according to an expert um, so it's talked about different causes including hormonal imbalances vitamin deficiency it says here can trigger hair loss then it talks about vitamins again um, and it says vitamins in particular are key to keep up the overall health of your body with hair health being no exception so guess where this article is going so it's talking about vitamin d deficiency um, then it's talking about b12 deficiency and it's talking about how you can get that from supplements and from diet and lo and behold their expert is the founder of a scandinavian health and wellness brand so there we are next up it is the Express, uh, the popular drink linked to an increased risk of bowel cancer. New evidence convincing. It says here, bowel cancer is one of the most common types of cancer diagnosis in the UK, with thousands of new cases every year. It says a recent study has found a convincing link between a popular drink and an increased risk of bowel cancer. So this was published on the 9th of December 2021. The article they're referring to from the JAMA network, the open network, so it's an open article on JAMA, um, published February the 16th, 2021. Uh, the, the drink, the popular drink they're talking about is alcohol. So it's not a specific one, it's just basically alcohol. And if we go to the actual study itself, uh, if you look at the conclusion of that, um, it says this umbrella review found convincing evidence of an association between lower colorectal cancer risk and higher intakes of dietary fibre, dietary calcium and yoghurt and lower intakes of alcohol and red meat. 
It says more research is needed on specific foods um, for which evidence remains suggestive, including other dairy products, whole grains, processed meats and specific dairy patterns. So it's not quite what the headline meant. And finally, it's The Times. And is vaping really safer than um, smoking cigarettes? So it says here, NHS doctors may soon offer e-cigarettes to help patients quit smoking, but are they really the silver bullet that they seem? Uh, It talks about the different risks that are associated with it, the relapse risk of smoking. It's talking about lung damage, talking about stroke risk and stroke peril. Um, Double trouble, it says here, about people who continue to smoke while still vaping. Um, So... That's all very interesting. It still says that the experts are recommending this. Um, the, the interesting bit for us as GPs is at the very bottom, and it says the position of the Royal College of General Practitioners, um, says its chairman, Professor Martin Marshall, is that e-cigarettes are a lot less harmful than smoking in line with Public Health England, the BMA, NICE and the other medical royal colleges. Whatever we can do to help smokers quit should be encouraged, Marshall says. Um, GPs may already discuss vaping with smokers as an option to help them stop smoking. Evidence shows it's an effective method to do so, but he stresses vaping should only be seen as a way to give up smoking with the intention to then give up vaping. Michelle Mitchell, the Chief Executive of Cancer Research UK, adds, it's important to switch over from smoking to vaping completely to get the benefits and reduce your risk of cancer. E-cigarettes aren't risk-free. We don't yet know their long-term effects, so people who have never smoked shouldn't use them. Boggle dogs. Boggle dogs. So that was the news headlines. Uh, normally we'd talk about a, a, a stories that's topical at the moment, but I thought maybe it would be a nice thing to do to ask Claire about what's topical for Child Bereavement UK at the moment. So what have they been up to, Claire? Well, it's just been Grief Awareness Week, so we've been very involved yes. in, you know, taking our message into the communities and encouraging people to talk about grief. I think the message this week for Grief Awareness Week was very much, um, you know, your story could be somebody else's hope. So really encouraging people to talk and to share and to reach out, to look for support, um, whether that's from a specialist organisation like Child Bereavement UK or just some of the peer groups, you know, the knit and natter groups, the men's shed groups, all those kind of bringing people together in their grief to provide that support, that listening ear, that, um, you know, just being around other people that have had a similar experience to you can be so reassuring, especially at a really difficult time as we approach Christmas. Exactly. And has, is there a carol service coming up for you? There is. It's this evening, actually. Child Bereavement oh, well. UK are hosting um, a, a carol concert. So so that's going to be a wonderful uh, opportunity for families uh, to come together. And you can, you can watch it online, of course, in this new world where we mm-hmm. don't have to actually be somewhere to join in, um, you can stream it. Um, and all the details of that would be on Child Bereavement UK's website. And will that be available after the event as well for people to watch? I believe so, yeah. Um, cool. Streaming links uh, last for a certain amount of time, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, that's something to look out for. And do you get um, much support from people in the public eye to help promote Child Bereavement UK? We do. We've got some wonderful patrons. Um, I know that Claudia Winkleman hosted an event for oh. us last week. Um, and um, we love Claudia. Yeah, I, I believe she was absolutely wonderful um, at the imagine. event. Um, you know, we've got lots of other uh, wonderful patrons such as Jason Watkins, uh, Mary Berry, 
Gary Barlow, Joey Essex, Rio Ferdinand. There are just so many to mention. And, you know, we value the time that they give to the charity and all that they do. Um, there are just too many to mention. Um, but great thanks to all of them. Absolutely. And it's so lovely that they help you to get the message out there, isn't it? So that's wonderful. So, yeah, thank you to all those people that do that for thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So we're going to come back and talk about uh, the, the new movie, A Boy Called Christmas, very shortly. But first of all, let's have a quick look at the week in daytime TV. And on Monday, David Gandhi was on BBC Morning Live talking about taking part in the Rise Against Suicide for the charity Human. He explained how participants walked 4,657 metres, representing the amount of men that died from suicide last year. They walked through Hyde Park at sunrise to raise awareness of men's mental health and also raise £40,000 at the same time. Also on Monday, Dr Sarah Kayat was on this morning talking about the medical headlines. Could vitamin A hold the key to restoring the sense of smell after COVID? Why getting cold this winter could be the secret to better health? And health warnings as candy superstores are gobbling up the high street. And I'll post a link to the video for that in the show notes. On Tuesday, Paddy and Christine McGuinness were on BBC Breakfast talking about their BBC documentary, Our Family and Autism, which of course we covered last week. Christine said, we don't define autism, we're just us. And I'll post a link to the video in the show notes. And also, if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, you might want to go back and listen to that because we cover the documentary in much more detail. Also on Tuesday, Dr Poonam Krishan was on BBC Morning Live to talk about UTIs. Uh, she said that elderly or people with dementia may see behavioural changes. So she was saying that things like becoming unsteady on their feet, more falls, becoming quite confused or even having hallucinations might be a presenting feature. On Wednesday, which was World AIDS Day, the chief executive of the Terence Higgins Trust, Ian Green, told BBC Breakfast that he was optimistic about the plan to end HIV infections and deaths by 2030 after a £23 million pledge from the government. On BBC Morning Live, also on Wednesday, Dr Rupi Ayujula was on um, to explain the effects of salt, how to manage your intake and some of the seasonings, the seasonings that you can try to replace it. He explained how most of our salt intake is likely to be coming from processed foods, so cutting down on processed foods is a win-win. And then finally on Thursday, Dr Zandvan Tulikan was on BBC Morning Live talking about sleep and the importance of going to sleep at the right time and how to get to sleep at the wrong time can cause a problem with your heart health. So I will put a link to that video in the show notes. So now it's time to talk about the new film, which is on Sky and also in some territories around the world. It's on Netflix. It's also in cinemas here in the UK as well. And it's it's the, the screen adaptation of Matt Haig's book, A Boy Called Christmas, which is basically a reimagining of the story of Father Christmas. And it follows an ordinary young boy called Nicholas um, as he sets out on an adventure into the snowy north in search of his father, who is on a quest to discover the fabled village of the elves, Elfhelm. Um, taking with him a headstrong reindeer called Blitzen and his loyal pet mouse, Mika, Nicholas soon meets his destiny. That's the blurb about it. So, Claire, what did you think of it when you watched it? 
I thought it was such a great film. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I watched it with my eight-year-old niece to see if I could grasp any insight from a younger person. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And she really enjoyed it. Um, it was actually the second time she'd watched it. She'd already seen oh, it, wow. unfortunately. <laughs> I was hoping to, to see it, her to see it through fresh eyes. Um, but I loved that she hadn't, that there's a little bit at the very, very end and she didn't uh-huh. see it the first time. Um, oh, wow. so it, it was a, a bit of a revelation at the end. Yes. And it was beautiful to see her putting oh, the pieces I, together. <laughs> I think I know what you mean, but yeah, we're not going to spoil it. No. Oh. But but I think it's important. I mean, that's it's such a lovely thing that she wanted to see it twice, yep. and she got something out of it the second time. I love that with watching movies when you take young relatives yeah. along. Um, so now this is going to be a spoiler-free as much as possible we'll discussion about yeah. it. But I, it's it's not a spoiler to say that Nicholas's mother um, was was killed yeah. before the movie started, um, and she was killed by a bear um, in. I think they live in Finland, don't they? Yeah. Um, and so, so therefore, at the beginning of the film, he doesn't have a mother. And there are issues and discussions about childhood bereavement yeah. in the film. And that's, a, that's an underlying theme. And it struck me as I was watching it that this would be an amazing discussion to, to be able to have. Because particularly at Christmas time, this is a very difficult time for people in this situation, for, for young children and for their surviving relatives to, to be able to help them through it. Um, and, you know, bereavement is, is still very much a taboo isn't it it is, so, it is yeah i mean your job is so difficult and from the bottom of my heart thank you for doing it and for being there because it is so important that mm. that you are there doing what you do so how on earth do you start helping somebody in this kind of situation well it doesn't feel like the most difficult job it actually feels like an absolute oh. privilege and it isn't oh. always the saddest job yes we're talking to people about death and dying and and that is a really difficult and emotive subject. Um, But what's really important is the joy of of watching children and young people um, begin to rebuild their lives and for them to be able to find the coping strategies and the resilience that they need to get through the experience of a parent or somebody else important to them dying. And how do people get access? To, how do they how do they get help from you? Um, well, all of our support is is free um, and can be accessed by calling our helpline. We've got a wonderful helpline. Um, you can find out more about it on Child Bereavement UK's website. And the helpline offers confidential listening support and perhaps signposting and um, information about resources that are available. And we've got a wealth of resources and information on our website. Um, and if families feel that they need some specialist bereavement support, then referrals can be made through the helpline. Um, and then we have several centres around the country. Um, but of course, we've discovered that we can also support people very well by telephone, by video and by instant messenger. And that's something that the pandemic has taught us that we're able to provide support in various different ways. Yes. And it's, it's amazing how, how different organisations have adapted to the pandemic. So that's, that's one good thing that has come out of it. it and it's easier is. for people to, yes, it's, it's easier for people to access stuff sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so with the film, it's, it's kind of told in two, there's two different mm. stories going on. Mm. There's the story in the book, which is about Nicholas. 
And there's the background story whereby there's a, a family um, with some young children and unfortunately their mother has died. And so the, the father figure in the family is, is trying to help his children through. And they have an aunt, Ruth, who's played by Maggie Smith. And she comes round to babysit one evening. And, and, and so she reads the book of yeah. Nicholas's story and the boy called Christmas. Yeah. So there's, there's interplay between her reading the story and how the children are reacting to what's going on. Um, and it seems that in, in the family that are listening to the story, the youngest child is the one who's mm. still having the most trouble with, with dealing with his situation, isn't it? don't you think? Yeah, and I think that's quite typical um, and, and quite normal and natural in that younger children don't have a full concept or understanding of what death means. So for very young children, there might be an expectation of return. Um, and um, while they grasp the concept that death is forever and isn't reversible, so... Um, we often get lots of questions from from young children. And of course, what's really important is that we give them permission to ask those questions. We encourage those questions because by asking those questions, they begin to process and make sense of what's happened. Yes. And I think, you know, the the point of this podcast is that, that often people will will see something on TV or in the cinema or something, and it's what will bring them to see their their GP and their primary care clinician mm. uh, in in the surgery. Um, and so we might have families or young people who have seen the film and they they want to to come and talk about it with us. So, you know, these are difficult conversations and some of us might find them tricky to, to talk about and get emotional and get upset mm. whilst we talk to, to young people about these issues. Have you got any advice for us as to how we should broach this with people if they come in to talk to us about it? Um, I think just as I said, really encourage questions, really encourage conversations. Um, interesting, like like you said, young children, it's almost like young children haven't haven't learned yet that we don't talk about death and dying. So they'll often be the ones that do ask those questions that sometimes take your breath away because, mm. you know, they're really difficult questions and we do need to be prepared to have brave conversations. I think it's really important that they're honest conversations, that we provide honest and truthful answers. Sometimes we don't know the answer and that's truthful in itself. You know, if a child asks, well, what happens when somebody dies? We might not know the answer to that. We might be able to tell them what we believe or what we think. But there are some questions that we just don't have the answers to. So if the honest answer is, I don't know, then that's okay. Sometimes it might be that we want to take a little bit of time to think about how we're going to answer that question. Because again, young children will ask us those difficult questions in the middle of the supermarket um, rather than, you know, at, at a time when we can sit and have those conversations. So it really is about encouraging those conversations, about acknowledging a death and encouraging those conversations whenever they arise encouraging questions and promising that we will give honest and truthful answers. And that's why in this film, there's a character called the Truth Pixie. Yes. Who can't lie yes. and can only tell the truth. And it's such a gift of a character from exactly what you were saying. Um, and, and one thing that the Truth Pixie says is the only thing in life that's simple and clear is the truth. Yes. But it can be painful. Indeed. That's that's so true. And she is an absolutely fantastic character. Uh, it really uh, 
adds to the film, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it, but it also, I think, helps with the whole discussion about yeah. grief as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, there is a book just called The Truth Pixie written by Matt Haig. And I can heartily recommend that to anybody mm. um, that wants to talk to, to children about difficult issues, mm. not just bereavement, um, but it is the most amazing book. So, so I can hardly recommend mm. that. Um, when we talk to children and to young people, and not necessarily in our surgeries, but it might be socially when we go and visit friends who maybe have been in this situation, sometimes we do get choked up. Yeah. Um, have you got any advice about what to do in that situation if you feel yourself getting a bit choked up? I think our fear of, of being upset is often what makes us avoid having those conversations. So I would just encourage anybody um, to allow themselves to show their emotions and feelings to children you know children learn from our modeling don't they so just like we model lots of different things to them I think it's okay to model our own grief to model that it's okay to sometimes not feel okay and it's okay to cry it's okay to be sad it's okay to be upset it's really important that we demonstrate that to children and young people um, because often they're a lot more intuitive than we sometimes give them credit for. And if we're having conversations behind closed doors or if we're only getting upset when they're not around, they'll know about it. And sometimes that can be more scary than the truth if they don't understand why that's happening. That can actually be scarier than the truth itself. Mm -hmm. And how about if we are, say, visiting a friend and they're in this awful situation? Um and I mean, I, I've got I've got friends and, and, and relatives um, who've been in similar situations. And, and it's always lovely to talk about the the friend and relative that's no longer with us. Yeah. Um, but there's a slight worry sometimes that you might talk about them at a time which might not be the best time yeah. for the young person. Yeah. So do we need to seek permission to do that? Or is what's what do you think is the best way forward? You can seek permission, but I think um, what children and young people tell us is that they haven't ever forgotten their person that's died. And often, although those conversations can be painful, you'll often see a child or young person's eyes light up if you give them opportunity to talk about the person that's died, um, because that's their connection. That's their connection yeah. to that person. Um, and it's so important that they keep that memory alive. And they do that through those conversations and through those memories. And Christmas often provides an opportunity to remember the person that's died. Um, yesterday, I was speaking to a, a teenager whose mum's died. And she talked about the traditions that they have as a family and that how difficult it is even though mum isn't here anymore, but how important it is to keep those traditions going. So she still decorates the tree and watches the film and does just what she would do if mum was here doing it with her. Mm -hmm. That reminds me, there was a beautiful tweet from the Children's Grief Foundation of Canada recently. Yeah. Um, and this addresses the whole thing about Christmas being a difficult time. Um, and I've, it's on the, the, the Twitter feed for Boggle Docs, and I'll retweet it yeah. again if people want to have a look at it. Um, but it has activities to remember your loved one during the holiday season. Um, and it's got five things. Um, so buy your loved one a present and donate it to a charity, which I think is a lovely mm. thing to do. Um, Make an ornament or decorate um, a tree or decoration, sorry. So make an ornament or a decoration in their honour and put it on the Christmas tree. Um, light a candle in their honour. Uh, make and share their favourite holiday meal. That's a lovely thing to do. Um, 
and finally write a card or letter to your loved one as well yeah they're, so they're those all are all really good suggestions they? really good suggestions and again on the child bereavement uk website you'll find um a section on there about coping with christmas and all the difficult occasions um and there might be some other suggestions on there for families to look at to remember and feel connected to the person that's died at this difficult time I remember when, oh my goodness, this is a long time ago. So when my, my grandfather died, I was probably in probably about four or five at school, at primary school. And I remember it was a, it was a religious school. And so there used mm. to be a, um, like in the evening, you'd say a prayer before you went mm. home and, and the teacher would say, can, you know, somebody say the prayer this time. And, and it was so very, I mean, looking back, it's very sweet, but mm. it must've been for the, for the next month, all the children in the class were saying a prayer for my granddad, which was mm. very lovely of them. And then one day the, the teacher said, and I remember it like it was yesterday, you know, I think we've had enough prayers about, about Nicholas's granddad now, <laughs> which I think, you know, to be fair, I think she's absolutely right. Um, but I guess that, you know, young people perhaps can, and, and us as adults too, when, we, when we've lost somebody dear to us, we can sometimes become very focused on that person as part of our grieving process. Yeah. Is there a point where you would say to somebody, what you're doing is lovely and it's really important, but you still need to live your life going forward as well? And how do you broach that? Yeah, I think our, our focus at, at Child Bereavement UK is very much about rebuilding lives. So it's finding a way to live your life and grow around your grief. You know, it isn't necessarily that your grief gets smaller over time. It isn't necessarily that it, it it's going to feel um, any more manageable, but it's about growing your life around your grief. So that's what we would be encouraging um, children and young people to do. And we often say we don't have a magic wand and we can't take away the pain of somebody important to you dying. But what we can do is help you to find ways to help yourself. And one of the activities that children and young people often find really helpful is to make a first aid kit. Because we know, you know, a first aid kit when we have physical um, pain. But to try and make that analogy about what sticking plasters can we put on when we're hurting on the inside. And children really like that analogy and will think about what can they do to help themselves? What can they do to, to on those difficult days when they feel overwhelmed by sadness or other feelings? And so they'll put things in there, you know, like their favourite game or cuddly toy, their favourite food, things that they like to do, talking with friends, um, a sporting activity. And and sometimes to do that with a, as a family can be really helpful. So a surviving parent knows what helps a, a child and a child also know what knows what helps an adult. So really encouraging them. It's not about forgetting. It's not. Um, and, and that's why that um, those continuing bonds are so important. You know, if your dad has died, it isn't that you haven't got a dad. You'll always have a dad. It's just about finding a different relationship with your dad when he's not here. There's a lovely book yeah. called The Invisible String. I don't know if you've ever come across it. This idea that we remain for, for forever connected um, with the person that's died. Because that, I mean that, and that's so lovely to have that that feeling of comfort, isn't it? What would you say to somebody, a young person, that said to you that they are 
they're worried about crying because they don't think they'd ever stop. Yeah. I think that can be a very natural and normal feeling. Um, children and young people tell us that after somebody's died, they don't feel in control of their lives. And often they don't feel in control of their own emotions and feelings. And especially teenagers, you know, they can really try to wear a mask and tell the outside world that they're okay when actually inside that's not how they feel. I think sometimes we can stuff our feelings inside and it's almost like we're putting them in a cupboard and we're, we're really scared to open that cupboard because we feel that if we open it, we'll be overwhelmed because everything will come tumbling out. Mm-hmm. We sometimes use the analogy of a coat, you know, a, a, a fizzy drink bottle that's all shook up yep. inside and that fear mm-hmm. of taking off the lid because it will come out and it'll be a real mess. So what mm-hmm. we encourage children and young people to see is that they have control and that by talking about it with somebody safe in a safe environment with somebody that they trust. It's a little bit like giving them control of the the pot bottle and they can just let it out a little bit and then they can put it back on again and they can just let it out a little bit and put it back on again. So I would really encourage them to see and feel that they're in control. That's lovely. Um, With you were mentioning earlier, you were mentioning the surviving parents um, and obviously they're struggling too. And do you ever, or have you got signposts, you know, can you signpost them somewhere to, to help them as well? Yeah, we often um, signpost to a charity called Widowed and Young Way. And they're a, a really uh, great organisation that bring um, widows together um, and, and offer a huge amount of support. I've, I've spoken to lots of parents that have really benefited from their support. And there are other organisations, again, for for bereaved parents. I know SANS have been creating a a, a football team, a a football team for bereaved dads, Um, you know, really bringing groups together. We know the value of of groups is huge, absolutely huge. Absolutely. Um, Going back to the movie, I have another quote for Mm. us. Um, So this is the Truth Pixie talking to Nicholas. So the Truth Pixie says... Uh, listen, the only thing in life that's simple and clear is the truth, but it can be painful. Yeah. And Nicholas says, does the pain ever go away? The truth pixie says, no. And then Mika the mouse says, you couldn't have lied just once. <laughs> and then the truth pixie says, but you learn to live with it mm. and you get stronger because of it. Mm. And that's the truth. Yeah. yeah. That was very comforting, I thought. Absolutely. And, and I think those words would be really valuable to anybody that wants to have or needs to have some of those brave and difficult conversations. I think the film would be, would be really a a useful tool for parents or professionals to have some of those conversations, because I think it speaks at a level that children would understand that I'm, you know, I'm going to have to tell you something that might be really painful, but I really believe that it's the best thing to tell you the truth. And of course, if we follow the principle that children will ask questions when they're ready to hear the answers and that if we are providing answers at an age appropriate level, then children will, it will always be helpful to children. Yes. So anybody listening to this now, Claire, that, that feels that they need to get some help, how, how would they find you? So to find Child Bereavement UK, you can Google us and, and have a look on the website. Um, and we've got a helpline, a national helpline, and you can ring that on 0800 02 
888840. We can provide confidential listening support. Um, we have access to a directory so that we can find organisations around the country that might be able to help you. Um, we can direct you to some of our resources and information on our website. And if you feel that you need to, to make a referral, then you can make a referral for support um, through that helpline. Excellent. Thank you, Claire. And and thank you so much for coming here today to talk to us. Um, if if we were in an old-fashioned phone box and the pips were going, and so that means you've got about 20 seconds left to give us a message, yeah. to, you know, the, the, the most valuable thing that you could possibly yeah. want to share with us, yeah. what would that be? I think I'd probably go back to the film. One of the quotes that, that I just made a note of is that when somebody dies, it feels like the worst thing in the world and it feels like you're falling down a hole. Um, but by reaching out for support. I remember a young person saying Child Bereavement UK is like a safety net and it caught me when I felt that I was falling down that hole. And it, it, it's about reaching out and talking um, and looking for that support uh, to help you at such a difficult time. Oh, and at the risk of playing a game of quote tennis, <laughs> I've got a final quote to finish to finish off with. Um, and this this has um, this must be the the ace serve, I guess, because I've saved this for last. And so, if we can leave the the final quote to Aunt Ruth um, from A Boy Called Christmas, and she says, "Grief is the price we pay for love." Yeah, and worth it a million times over. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Ah, so there we go. Thank you, Claire, so much for joining me today. It's been lovely to talk to you about what is a, such a tricky topic. Mm. Um, and, you know, we just want to be able to help people when they when they come to, to, to talk to us about it. Yeah. So thank you so much. No, thank you very much for inviting me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, well, take care and have a lovely Christmas. And you. And you. Thank you. Thank Cheers, you. Claire. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye-bye. As always, I've posted loads of resources in the show notes. So we've got Claire's song choice from the beginning of the show. We've also got all the different headlines there. We've got the daytime TV videos to click on to. Uh, we've listed all the books that we talked about. So we've got A Boy Called Christmas from Matt Haig. Obviously, we've got The Truth Pixie also from Matt Haig. And we've got The Invisible String by Patrice Cast. That's all there. Um, there's the Child Bereavement UK helpline, which is 0800 0288840. And also a link to their website. Um, there's also a link to the tweet from the Children's Grief Foundation of Canada that we talked about. There's the link for the Widowed and Young website as well. And there is the Boggle Docs Song of the Week, which we'll come to a little bit later on. <laughs> come to that in a sec. Um, so some of the links are now in the show description on your preferred podcasting platform. But if you head over to the Buzzsprout site, then you can click on all the links that we talked about that are in the show notes. So if you click on the transcript tab, then all the links are there for you to click on to. So please do take a look because I put them all there myself. Hopefully they're all working for you. And it's great if you get the full interactive experience. Now, the easiest way is just to Google Buzzsprout Boggle Docs, or you can go over to our social media pages and click on the link in the bio. And we are at Boggle Docs on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want me to see something about Boggle Docs, then please use the hashtag 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 BD dose. And the other thing that you can do if you click on the link in the bio is to leave us a voice message telling us about anything that you've heard or seen 
and think that we should be be including in future episodes of Boggle Docs um, or anything that you've actually heard on Boggle Docs and want to talk about or anything maybe that's going on on Med Twitter. Um, let us know what you think of all that. Well, that is just about it from me for this week. Thanks again to Claire for being such an amazing guest and um, talking to us about childhood bereavement. Um, and so... Will we have patients wanting to know about the the long-term safety of vaping? Well, maybe. Um, Could we have relatives of elderly patients concerned that they might have a UTI because they've noticed a change in behaviour? Possibly. Or might we have patients who've seen or read A Boy Called Christmas and they're seeking help for bereavement issues, either for themselves or their children? Well, now you have resources to help patients um, with any or all of these things. The song of the week this week is another one from my Spotify top um, song list of 2021. It's a proper earworm for me this week. It's Kylie and Magic. I am Nick Kendry, and you can find me on Twitter at Nick Kendry. That's N-I-K-K-E-N-D-I-W. And until next time, whatever you're doing, whenever you listen to the podcast, whether you're out for a run or you're doing some chores around the house or on your way to or from work, and take care and look after yourself. Bye-bye. Boggle Dogs. Boggle dogs.